Over 13 million Americans with this disease remain undiagnosed. You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me today is Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. Dr. Teitelbaum has dedicated his career to researching, developing, and teaching about effective treatment for all types of pain. He is a board-certified internist, lectures internationally, is the medical director of the Fibromyalgia and Fatigue Centers based in Dallas, Texas, the author of From Fatigued to Fantastic. Dr. Teitelbaum, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Susan, it's great to be with you. What is hypothyroidism? The thyroid is basically our body's gas pedal. It sets the metabolism for developing and creating energy in the body. So anything that causes a drop in thyroid hormone production below what your body would find optimal is hypothyroidism. Unfortunately, we've been setting the diagnostic criteria to only define it as thyroid failure, missing the point that there are now intermediate stages of inadequate thyroid production that are becoming near epidemic in our society. So this is why over 13 million Americans with this disease remain undiagnosed? It's actually well over that. If you look at the American Academy of Clinical Endocrinology statement back in 2002, they strongly recommended that a TSH level over 3 be considered hypothyroidism and people who have symptoms of low thyroid with a TSH over 3 get treated. They estimated that this would increase the number of people with hypothyroidism from the current estimates of approximately 12 million to closer to 25 million and that 13 million Americans were undiagnosed because people were using the wrong lab test ranges. In addition, my research and that of many other researchers have found that in patients with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, we are finding hypothalamic dysfunction and therefore hypothyroidism associated with a low TSH or low to low normal called tertiary hypothyroidism. And fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, given new estimates, are thought to affect anywhere from 6 to over 12 million Americans. So we're looking at about 25 million Americans who have hypothyroidism but who are being missed by our current normal ranges. What are the signs and symptoms? These are things that we've all learned about in medical school. If the patient is tired, achy, has weight gain, is cold and tolerant, uh, perhaps has some elevated cholesterol, although in many of these conditions we also see problems with the liver that are subtle so you won't see the high cholesterol, If a patient has even two of these symptoms, especially if it's associated with unexplained fatigue, they deserve a trial of thyroid hormone. We're also seeing that because of numerous infections and other processes that are going on, there are also problems with T3 thyroid receptor resistance and conversion of T4, which is the inactive thyroid hormone, to T3, which is the active form. And therefore, many patients find that they do not respond well or at all to T4, such as Synthroid, but to respond very well to combinations that contain the T3 as well. One example of this would be Armour Thyroid. There has been a lot of misinformation out there about Armour Thyroid not having proper potency or being effective, but when you look at the truth, the, what has occurred is that almost every thyroid preparation was threatened by the FDA to be pulled off the market in recent years, including Synthroid, because of problems with potency. The one that was not threatened by the FDA was Armour Thyroid.
How reliable are the current blood tests? The current re- blood tests are horribly unreliable. Let me explain where our normal range is coming from because it was a shock to me when I learned this. In medical school, I was given the impression that if a test was in the normal range, that meant that the world's leading experts had gotten together and felt that issue was unlikely to be causing a problem in that patient. But that is a total misconception. Most normal ranges are simply based on two standard deviations. That means that the lab takes maybe 100 samples that are sent in for that test, does that, those 100 samples, and the two and a half highest and lowest outside of two standard deviations are defined as abnormal, and the 95 in the middle, again, the two standard deviations, are defined as the normal range, and that's it. And to make it even more bizarre, they don't take 100 lab samples from healthy people. They don't want to waste the money. They do it on people where we've suspected there's a thyroid problem and do it on those. So to give an example that's easier for our patients to understand, I give the example of, say, we had a new test for shoe sizes and I wanted to get a normal range for shoe sizes. I would go to the mall, and I'd measure the next 100 people who came by, and I'd get a normal range of, say, 3 to 14 for shoe sizes. Now, I live in Hawaii, and say, uh, you know, we take off our shoes at the door over here, and say uh, I got my shoes mixed up with my wife's shoes when we walked out the door, and now she's wearing a size 12, and I have on a size 7. We'd go to the shoe doctor, and she would say, these shoes keep falling off, and he'd say, sounds like they're too big. And then he'd come back and say, no, honey, the test says it's a size 12. It's in the normal range. There's nothing wrong with your shoes. And I wouldn't even be able to get my toes in her size 7. And he'd say, well, maybe it's too small. And despite my not being able to fit my foot in it, he would come back and say, it's a size 7. It's right in the normal range. There's absolutely no problem with your shoes. And then if I persisted and said, well, look, I can't get my foot in the thing. There's a problem. He'd say, the test is normal. There's nothing wrong with you. And this is exactly, or with your shoes, that's exactly what we're doing with our patients. That analogy is pretty much an exact analogy to what's going on. Now, for the TSH, there are expert committees that have come together, but we're ignoring the guidelines of many of those. So the bottom line is, as Sir William Osler has said, you treat the patient, not the testing. You treat the patient first. So if the patient is tired, achy, weight gain, cold intolerant, brain fog, all the symptoms we talked about, if they have even two or three of those, they deserve a trial of armor thyroid, not to get the test in the normal range. If the patient has a size 3 shoe, you don't want to put him in a size 4 and say he's normal. You adjust the thyroid to the dose that feels best. But you check the free T4, not the TSH, which is unreliable in many patients, but just the free T4 and make sure that it's within the normal range to prevent toxicity or side effects. It's really that straightforward. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, author of From Fatigued to Fantastic. Dr. Teitelbaum, how often is hypothyroidism misdiagnosed or overlooked? In the vast majority, which is really very sad, we have become so dependent on the blood tests and fibromyalgia is skyrocketing so much to the point, and this is an illness where people have low normal tests, so they just fall right in the normal range, in the lowest fifth percentile, not the lowest two percent. So we probably have about 25 million people who would benefit from optimizing treatment with their thyroid hormone that are simply not getting the treatments they need, 
and have lives that are miserable because of that. Is it hereditary? Absolutely. The most common cause of primary destruction of the thyroid gland is Hashimoto's thyroiditis, an autoimmune disease that is on the rise. And current estimates are that some population groups, such as elderly women, may have positive antibodies in as many as 20%, which again shows us how using a 2% cutoff for the normal range is absurd. But 50% of people who have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, basically half of their children will also have hypothyroidism. So if you have a family member, if your patient has a family member with a low thyroid, they should be considered at a 50% risk of developing it themselves, and we should have a very high index of suspicion. Are there comorbidities? Not treating subclinical hypothyroidism has been estimated to cause more heart attack deaths in elderly women than elevated cholesterols. It's on par with cigarette smoking as a risk factor for heart disease. And that is controversial. There are studies that go both ways. But when you look at the data, it suggests that this can be a major cause of death. In addition, undiagnosed and untreated hypothyroidism, even if it's mild with normal tests, is one of the most common causes of unexplained infertility in the United States, as well as causing massive numbers of miscarriages. And even if there's a mild abnormality, the studies show that children are twice as likely to have learning disorders if their mother had hypothyroidism that was not treated. And what are the causes? The main causes, again, historically the main cause recently has been Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is where your body actually, it's an autoimmune disease where your body attacks the thyroid. There's thyroid antibodies. On the other hand, where secondary and tertiary hypothyroidism caused by pituitary and hypothalamic dysfunction used to be very rare, now, with the epidemic of fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome affecting upwards of 6 to 12 million Americans and causing tertiary uh, hypothalamic hypothyroidism, this is now becoming one of the most common causes of hypothyroidism nationwide. And what are the treatments you're recommending? Treatment is very straightforward. You simply want to give thyroid hormone, but again, it is critical to use a mix of T3 and T4. Now, the the thyroid glandulars armor thyroid by prescription, and 60 milligrams of the to 75 milligrams of armor thyroid is similar to 100 micrograms of synthroid in potency. If you're if you're looking to switch a patient over, but you want to use one that has the mix of T4 and T3, and not the T4 alone, such as synthroid and levothyroid. So using armor thyroid, and the critical point is to adjust it to the dose that feels best to the patient while keeping the free T4 blood test in the normal range. Because of the high prevalence of CFS and fibromyalgia, TSH, because of the hypothalamic dysfunction present in these illnesses, is now becoming a very unreliable test and should be replaced by checking a free T4 and even if the test is in the normal range, treating if the patient has symptoms suggestive of underactive thyroid function. What are the risks of treatment? The risks of treatment are very negligible as long as you do not go above the normal range for the free T4. If somebody has high risk of underlying heart disease, you certainly want to check a stress test first, but that should be checked anyway in these patients. As long as there is no significant increased risk of heart disease, the risks are minimal. If you go too high, though, with the dose, the main risk is developing osteoporosis. And the research shows that as long as the free T4 is within the normal range, it does not matter what the TSH level is. They will not increase the risk of osteoporosis. The one exception is in cancer patients that have very high doses of thyroid to suppress thyroid function who are menopausal, who are not on estrogen replacement. 
at that extreme, you will start to see early osteoporosis if they're not protected. But as long as you keep in the T4 mid-range to 75 percentile or less, the studies do not show any increase in osteoporosis. And in my experience in treating thousands of patients this way, we've not seen any angina or atrial fibrillation as long as you screen patients who are at high risk before. What is thyroid receptor resistance? Well, what occurs is that the thyroid gland makes T4, which is an inactive thyroid hormone. It doesn't do much in the body. It has to then go to the cells, and based on the amount of the body's needs, the cells will knock off one of the iodines and turn it to T3. That has to go then to a cell receptor, and that causes the, it's like setting your thermostat. It'll set it for 72 degrees or set the energy production in your body. Dr. Teitelbaum, thank you for joining us today to discuss hypothyroidism. My pleasure, Susan. I'm Susan Dole, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.